This is Defender Radio. Defender Radio is brought to you by the Association for the Protection of Fur-Bearing Animals. It's Friday, October 7th, 2016, and this is Michael Howie welcoming you to episode 401 of Defender Radio. That's right, we're into our fourth season now with this podcast, and it's been a wild ride for me and everyone at the Fur Bears. And though this has been a rough week for animal advocates, I'm very pleased to be starting this new season with a message of hope. On Wednesday, October 5th, Bill C-246, the Modernizing Animal Protections Act, was defeated in the Federal House of Commons. The private member's bill, which was put forward by Toronto-area MP Nathaniel Erskine-Smith, would have updated the criminal code as it relates to bestiality and animal cruelty, banned the importation of shark fins, prohibited the importation and sale of dog and cat fur, and required that all fur products be labeled. Most animal advocates, and many MPs, saw this as a common-sense update to outdated laws. Despite widespread support, however, the bill was stopped at its second reading, the second phase of a private member's bill. Parliamentarians voted down the forward progress of the legislation by a margin of 198 to 84, with a number of Liberals and all but one Conservative member saying nay. Though his bill was defeated, Nathaniel Erskine-Smith remains hopeful that Canada is another step closer to a more compassionate future. And he joined Defender Radio today, less than 48 hours after the vote, to share his message of hope. Let's talk. C246 um, the other day went up for vote for second and lost by a large margin. Um, what what was your initial reaction? As you, I mean, I was watching live. Uh, a lot of us were uh, as the votes were going across. People were standing up to be counted. What was going through your mind as that process was happening? I expected uh, the outcome largely. I mean, if you'd spoken to me a week before, I would have been more optimistic. But in the final days, a number of conservatives who I had expected to vote yes and a number of liberals who I expected to vote yes changed their minds. And so I knew we didn't have the numbers at that point. Mm-hmm. Well, and what, what do you think happened? What was the ultimate... Uh, uh, I don't want to call it a failing because I don't feel that it was necessarily a failure, but the, the ultimate sort of Not failure. No, there's, there's silver linings for sure. Um, in terms of what happened, I think the, uh, hunting and fishing, like individual hunters and fisher fishermen have contacted me and said, we appreciate what you're doing. We care about this legislation and there must be a way to strike a balance. And I think uh, more has to be done on the association, the, the lobby group level, to actually make that commitment to, uh, to work together to get legislation that both addresses animal cruelty and animal protection issues, but isn't going to have an impact on accepted animal use, such as hunting and fishing. And uh, the agricultural associations, I think, more work could be done in bringing them on board in 2004 Cattlemen's Association, just to give you an example, and they signed a letter asking Erwin Kotler to support and introduce identical legislation 
They said, this is a consensus we've reached and this is the legislation we want. And I introduced the same thing 12 years later and they lobbied against it. So I think there's more of an education piece that needs to be done, more of a consultation piece that needs to be done. And in, in a perfect world, that is done by the government itself because there's going to be a lot more trust and faith in the government and ministries and full departments than in one little private member's office. Well, and that's certainly something I think we saw. Um, I mean, the private member's bill process uh, does not always go as one would hope, um, which is just the very nature of private member's bills. Um, but there was a, an apparent... I, like. Again, sort of looking at it from the outside, you see two or three levels of it. One is sort of just the apparent distrust of any bill that's going to do anything about animal use um, from from one group. Yeah. Um, we have to get past that. I mean, Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters, and I would say the chicken farmers as well, just really didn't come to the table in a good faith way to work together to try and get legislation. A number of the other agricultural sector groups, the Canadian Federation of Agriculture, uh, Cattlemen's Association, uh, Beef Farmers of Ontario, a number of them, and sheep farmers, I should say, uh, really did have a sense of, you know, we, we do care about ending animal cruelty and we want to we want to work together. And uh, the sense was, if not this legislation, let's let's work together to get something done down the road. Because I think we absolutely have to get past that notion that doing anything for animals is somehow a problem. I mean, I think it does a disservice, frankly, to hunters, fishermen, and farmers across the country who care about ending animal cruelty. Well, and I think that, again, is one of the things that we forget when we talk about conservation in politics, um, is that conservation was not in pla- put in place uh, um, to support uh, hunters. It was put in place to control them because at one time, hunting and trapping was, was a serious harm to the yeah. environment because there were no limits. There was no... Uh, there were no laws in place, so it 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 needs to be there, um, and I think that maybe gets forgotten when we do talk about legislation. Now, when when you came up with the idea of this bill, and we're we're not even I mean we're what a week away from your full first year, um, yeah. how would you, could you have seen it playing out this way? The like very much almost like a suspense novel at times, just with the are they going to vote yes? Are they going to vote no? Who's supporting this part? Who's not supporting that part? And, and sort of the the hail mary you made last week, uh, uh, yeah. I guess it was the last week of September, saying I am willing to change this to get the important parts through. So I think um, more could have been done on, and I think this isn't just my experience as a private member. I think others experience this as private members as well, but. Uh, as a new government, the private members bill process wasn't perfect from the get-go. And certainly in reaching out to Justice and in saying, this is the bill I want to introduce. And when I first met with Justice officials, they hadn't raised concerns with me, other than, in fact, the one concern they raised was the bestiality definition. And that was addressed by the Supreme, you know, the Supreme Court ultimately came out and said, this is a serious problem and needs to be addressed. And so subsequent to that, they wouldn't have this, had the same concerns. Um, really needed to have justice on board to get this done. And the lobby groups against really did their legwork, got enough of my colleagues to believe in the fact that this legislation did things it doesn't do. Um, I mean, you know, I could go back to testimony from the Criminal Lawyers Association on identical provisions to say this wouldn't have an effect on hunting, fishing, farming, 
could go back to the fact that it's passed the House three times, passed two parliamentary committees, been studied thoroughly. In fact, I could go back to when the Ontario Federation of Anglers and Hunters and the Chicken Farmers hired legal counsel to attend at parliamentary committees in the early 2000s on identical provisions. They did not say the same things as they're saying now. And in fact, I incorporated the one change that they proposed. I specifically incorporated it in my legislation to try and blunt their concerns. So, uh, you know, I think it. This is not. This wasn't on the government's agenda. I think there was a tendency to say, uh, you know, no, not now. We've got so many other things to do. And I'm happy to say, and this is the silver lining in all of this, that after this process, the real value, if a private member's bill doesn't pass, is to put an issue on the government's agenda that wasn't already there. And thanks in some small part to our work in my office, but I, I really want to just give credit to every organization out there and really every Canadian out there who contacted their MP and really stood up and was vocal about better protecting animals for all of our efforts and all of their efforts. We now have the justice minister say that she's committed to consultations, committed to reviewing the criminal code, and that's a great first step. The next step is setting timelines and making sure it's a real consultation process and it's actually going to happen in this mandate. We're going to see improved animal protection laws. Absolutely. Um, there was two other things I did want to quickly address that, that came up as a result of this. Um, one was at least one member uh, from the Conservative Party whom I have personally dealt with, and I know you have as well, who pretty much as soon as this bill came forward uh, or anytime anyone um, outside of his constituency says the word animal, says extremists and radicals yeah. and starts throwing those words around. Um, how do you feel about that? I mean, as someone who, who, who does love animals, who does speak up for them, and who is also a, a clearly very educated and rational man, um, you know, what impact does that have on the parliamentary process and on the electorate when a member starts using terminology that is also ascribed to people who are literally killing children on the other side of the world, uh, radicals and extremists. Yeah, I think it uh, obviously lowers the debate in a serious way and best not to engage in it as much as possible, though it's hard to do when you're when you're trying to pass something and you're passionate about it. But, you know, telling, just completely spreading mistruths about either legislation or about the agendas of individuals or about organizations it's it's uh, not something that we as politicians should be engaged in. We should hold ourselves to a higher standard. Uh, we should be furthering public debate, not debasing it. And I uh, just, you know, look, look at this bill. We've got Don Cherry that supports it. We've got the Toronto Star that supports it. We've gotten colleagues from every party that stood up in support of it. We've gotten the Canadian Veterinary Medical Association, which is science-based. We've got the Canadian Federation of Humane Societies and SPCAs, uh, which are on the front lines of enforcing animal cruelty legislation. The evidence is on our side. And so I think if we stay true to being advocates based on evidence and being advocates grounded in compassion, I, I think in, in the end, uh, the will come out on the right end of things. Well said. And uh, uh, one last thing. People, uh, I have heard from some of your colleagues and through the grapevine that some nasty messaging has taken place since the, the defeat of the bill, uh, even to people of your own party who voted in favor of C246 from animal advocates who are angry. Uh, of course, we, we, we never advocate for anger. We never advocate for, for um, that kind of response. 
what can people be doing right now instead uh, who, who are angry or who are even just disappointed and want to keep momentum on their side? What's the best thing people can be doing? So the worst thing people can be doing, although I completely understand the inclination, is to yell and scream at your MP and yell and scream about Justin Trudeau and yell and scream that this bill failed and just, you know, sort of a pox on all your houses and I'm done with politics and I wouldn't see you guys ever again. I mean, I, I, I've said before, this is an important issue to me. There are any number of other important issues and the government is on the right side of, of those and we have a government that has committed to a consultation process and reenacting uh, animal cruelty legislation. And the hope here is that it's not just limited to the criminal code, that it's expanded to issues like shark finning and to fur labeling and, and, and really other issues that uh, other countries have pursued and improved animal protection laws. Peter Sankoff noted that New Zealand has improved their laws twice in, in the last number of years. They have much better laws than we do here in Canada. We should compare and we should try to emulate the countries that have the best animal protection laws as best as we can in terms of what others can do to make sure that that happens. We have a commitment from the justice minister and, and it's a good commitment to, and it's in good faith to review the criminal code, to consult broadly. And in the end, the idea would be to introduce new legislation. So encourage that timeline to come forward, encourage that, that process to be an inclusive one with a number of uh, groups, not just hunting, angling, and farming associations, but, uh, you know, if there's an issue you care about animal protections, put it on the government's agenda in terms of that, in the course of that review. And I think we see the silver lining and try and grab the silver lining and, and make it, make something of it. So it's better in my view, if this is government legislation. It's better if there's a broader consultation and through the justice minister, we can get buy-in from agricultural sector groups. It's, it's going to be a better process. So let's make sure that that process happens. And so, you know, contact your MP and, and if they say, well, we're committed to doing this, say, well, all I ask is that you make sure that that happens in this mandate. I mean, that's, this is a commitment that I'm happy to see from the justice minister. And we've got a lot of things on our agenda, so we just have to make sure that we, we follow through on it. All right. That sounds uh, like a very intelligent, forthright plan, and I hope we do see it uh, come up. And we certainly will be watching this, and I'm sure you will as well. Uh, but now I do want to thank you on behalf of, uh, of all of our listeners, not just here in Canada, but right across the world, uh, on behalf of all of the organizations who, who supported this um, and of course, on behalf of the animals for standing up, uh, we didn't see the end result we wanted, but this made news. This became an issue in front of people. It became something we're talking about and it raised our collective consciousness on these matters. So really on behalf of all of us, thank you so very much for your hard work on this bill. And I hope you have a, a great Thanksgiving weekend with your young family. Uh, take some time to relax before you dive back in. Yeah, so I will take some time to relax, and, and I appreciate your comments. Honestly, I when I introduced the bill, I had no idea Canadians across the country would take notice and be so supportive and so encouraging, and that they really cared as much as uh, I obviously wanted them to. But it, it was overwhelming to see uh, my words in my, in my first statement on the subject that Canadians across the country, whether you're a conservative, liberal, NDP, uh, we care about 
animal welfare and and it's true and so all i would say is keep caring and so long as i am in ottawa i will do the same to get in touch with nathaniel erskine smith or learn more about his work as a parliamentarian visit his website at nerskine-smith.liberal.ca or follow the links on this week's podcast blog That's all we have time for this week, folks. But don't worry, we already have more great interviews lined up for Season 4. On behalf of everyone at the Fur Bears, this is Michael Howie for Defender Radio, reminding you to stay informed and stay strong.